the words I speak and the words we hear be your words of life to us, our God. Amen. Last week I went to see a doctor. Um, I had to have some stuff done to my ear. And I uh, went to see him about four years ago. But he was just kind of asking the questions that doctors ask to get to know their patients and uh, find out what kind of work I do and whether anything he's going to do to me was covered by ACC. And when he found out that I was an Anglican priest and that I'd been doing youth work, uh, he said to me, so you're a good citizen then. We need more good citizens like you. To be honest, I was taken by surprise. It's an interesting term, isn't it? A good citizen. What does it mean? What did he mean? I wonder if Christians are to be good citizens. And if we are, what does it look like? (laughs) Take Elijah, for example. Well, in his day, people weren't good citizens. They were supposed to be good subjects. But I'm pretty sure that neither Ahab nor Jezebel would have described Elijah as a good subject. He just had a wee bake-off with the priests of Baal and with the winner, Elijah, taking all, that is, the lives of all the priests of Baal who lost the bake-off. And so Ahab and Jezebel, particularly Jezebel, who came with the priests of Baal, uh, well, they weren't very happy about that. And, well, they wanted Elijah dead. They weren't going to call him a good subject at all. And so on the story we heard today, he is now a refugee again. And today we hear of him being, well, feeling crushed, defeated, exhausted, feeling deserted, and meeting God in the sheer silence, in the sheer sound of silence. He was a good prophet of God. But was he a good citizen or subject? What about Jesus? Does he offer us a model of being a good citizen? Well, again, he wasn't a citizen. He was a subject. And again, I suspect Rome would say, no, they didn't go around crucifying good subjects. And Herod and the Jerusalem-based authorities, well, they weren't so keen on him after all, were they? Why? Because Jesus was subversive. His society was based on clear rules about who was in and who was out. These people here, like us, well, they're in. They're the people of God. The people God cares about. The people we should care about. The people who can take part in the social and political and economic life of our community. And those people over there, the lepers, the sick, the possessed, the unclean, the sinners, tax collectors, prostitutes, and the Gentiles and the Samaritans, all those smelly people are out They cannot take part in the economic, political, social life of our community. But Jesus kept breaking the rules. He kept eating with them, honouring them, blessing them, declaring them restored to the people of God. 
what we keep missing are the serious social and economic ramifications of Jesus' actions. So today we hear a story of Jesus in what seems to be a Gentile area in crossing the lake, a lake where he had encountered the storm where it showed his authority over the powers of evil manifested in that storm, the calming of the storm, which is the preceding story to the one we heard today. And here he encounters those powers again, and they are called legion. And again he exercises his authority over those powers, and the people, well, they don't rejoice, do they? They're terrified, and they ask him to go away. They don't see him as a good citizen, a good subject. They see him as a troublemaker. What about Luke? Luke wrote the story. He just didn't write an account, but he constructed a story of Jesus' life to tell a particular story. Was he a good citizen? Or was he, like Jesus, subversive? Well... He includes the name Legion in the story. Legion. It's an interesting name, isn't it? It is a name associated with the Roman occupational force. And for those occupied, that force was the powers of evil manifested in their lives. So this story is much more than about a man possessed by demons. It is also about a land possessed by the powers of evil. And Luke says that God has come in Jesus to free them from this power. His new ways of being community are the end time, when God's reign has come once for all. Not in heaven, but here on earth. Are those the words of a good citizen? What about Paul? Actually, Paul's the really interesting one because he is a citizen. He is a citizen of Rome, but not a good one. In the end, Rome executed him, beheaded, the tradition tells us. He was a Roman citizen after all. And so crucifixion wasn't for him. But despite the fact that he was a Roman citizen, he was first and foremost a good Jew, a devout follower of the one true God. And he seemed to have lived his life in a Jewish context. One of the books I've read about Paul talks about his experience of moving out of the less colonised areas, the areas like Judea and Galatia, areas which, although under Roman control, the indigenous cultures and customs, the economic systems, the religious and social, um, the religions and the social systems and the language still held sway. They were still fundamentally not Roman. The Roman kind of presence was an overlay over the top. But when he crossed out of Asia and into Europe, there he was confronted by pagan Rome. 
Philippi, the letter to the Philippians. Philippi was a Roman colony based on Roman social, religious and economic systems. And there he was confronted with the full force of what it meant to be Roman. Where the emperor, Caesar, is Lord, God, Son of God, Prince of Peace, Saviour. If you go through Paul's writings, every single term he uses, every title he ascribes to Jesus, just about, is an imperial title. Those are not the actions of a good citizen. The economic system was based on patronage relationships. You've all seen films like The Mafia, where uh, about the Mafia, where people come to the Don and they ask for favours, and the Don agrees to those favours, and then you've kind of sold your soul to the Don for the rest of your life. That is exactly how Roman economic system worked. And it worked all the way up. The people above you, you would go to them, you would ask for favours to help stay alive. They would grant those favours. You are now in their control. They would do the same with the people above them and they, the people above them, until eventually you got to the Senate, who controlled people all the way down. And their social structure, like the Jewish structure, was equally divided into who was in and who was out. And in response to that, Paul redefines who the people of God are. He says, as we heard today, that they were more than just the seed of Abraham, more than just those who obeyed the Torah, the law. And building on Jesus' radical inclusiveness, he says that through the faithfulness of a Jew crucified in Jerusalem, All are declared able to be part of the people of God. All. All become the inheritors of the promise of God and a part of the reign of God. And that reign starts, he said, now. The reign of God for Paul was subversive. It did not follow the rules of Roman society or of Jewish society for that. And he argues that in the reign of God, all who gather around the table that we gather around, all were equal. Imagine that. All were equal. There are no slaves, no owners, there are no gender differences, and most radical of all, Gentile and Jew were to eat at the same table. His great collection was actually a statement that all were equal. There was no guarantee that the Jewish church was going to accept an offering from Gentile Christians. Those divides still existed in the church and Paul was trying to break them down. And Paul said that those patronage relationships that Roman society was based on had no place in the church. No place in the reign of God.
It all looks so nice where we are today, but it struck at the heart, the very heart, of how both Roman and Jewish society operated. And it got him into a lot of trouble, and in the end, it cost him his life. Was Paul a good citizen? A good citizen is often seen as someone who supports the society as it is, upholds the structures and values as they are. And over the centuries, the church, our church, and all the other members of this church family has played a significant role in doing just that. We became the glue that holds society together. We were the institution that upholds things as they are. And so, the Anglican Church fervently resisted the ending of slavery. It was God's way. How dare these peoples interfere with God's way. We have struggled with the giving of women the vote. Here in New Zealand it happened, what, 120 years ago. And we have so struggled with that. We have resisted women playing any significant role, apart from Mother's Union and making the morning tea. I remember looking at photographs of vestries in the 1950s and 60s. All men. All the decision makers, men. And even today, while we think we've come a long way, there is still a significant lack of women in leadership roles and on the major committees of our church. We've had three bishops since I was ordained who were women. Penny was on her own for her entire episcopacy. Internationally, we're only just working out that maybe investing in the arms industry isn't such a great idea. Maybe investing in the fossil fuel industry, which does have great returns, may not be good for our planet or for our economic future. And today, this church and lots of churches around the world are struggling to catch up, struggling with the place of the LGBT community. And so I can bless animals and buildings and vehicles and even warships, but I can't bless a relationship. I'm prohibited from doing that. We are not the subversive church of Paul. I find it ironic that Paul keeps being used to justify our role in maintaining the status quo. I don't think Paul would be very happy about that. We have lost our voice. Yes, Paul was a good citizen. He lived and breathed for all who were under Roman rule. That all may flourish as the people of God. But Rome wasn't interested in that. Rome was only interested in the wealth and the comfort and the security of the few in the centre in power. Today we too are invited to work so that all may flourish. Many will not like that. That's okay. We join in God's work as did Elijah and Jesus and Luke and Paul. The, the work of being good citizens. 
joining in God's ongoing subversive work 